your mood is better, you're thinking better, you have more energy so that you can move your body, exercise, you feel better so you want to meet people, so your social life, you know, starts improving. Mood and food are so connected. The moods that we're in affects the food that we eat and the foods we eat can affect the moods that we have. So sort of putting all of this together in a very holistic approach and having somebody kind of guide you in that right direction, you know, can you can really see transformation happening. Susie Wood is an integrative nutrition health coach, and I invited her to be a guest because I wanted to learn more about how healthier food choices contribute to better balance in my life and therefore my overall well-being. I don't know about you, but summer is when I tend to get a little relaxed. I may be eating a bit more ice cream than usual or indulging in an extra glass of wine a bit later into the evenings. And I'm feeling it. I feel out of balance. I just notice my body is not at its best internally. And I know it's because I need to make better choices. Susie says that we have the power to change what's out of balance and that the true work comes from within. But it also helps to have an outsider's perspective to not only keep us accountable, but to also better our chances of achieving our health goals. Susie looks at her clients' nutrition and wellness goals holistically by starting with a circle of life activity, a process which reminds me of how I would look at a client space utilizing the Bagua energy map. We're not just looking at one aspect of your life, we're looking at all areas and how they are impacting your stress level and contributing to any imbalance. Proper food and nutrition is just one piece of life's pie So please enjoy today's conversation with Susie Wood. Susie, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. I've been really looking forward to our conversation. So thank you again for being here. Thanks so much, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You are an integrative nutrition health coach. So I'm really looking forward to speaking with you, but also learning from you. Um, I've dabbled in and out of good nutrition over the years. And I'd say right now I could be doing a little better. (laughs) I think after I had kids is probably when I was at my healthiest. I did like a beach body program. I was eating extremely clean, but then I'd say COVID happened and I'm working from home. And so I've definitely become a little more lazy. (laughs) Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, there's so many life challenges that we experience and whether it's COVID, it's kids, you know, kids going off to college, like there's all these changes in our lives. And, you know, I mean, looking at a holistic approach is really the way to do it because with integrative nutrition, it's really, it's not just food that makes us healthy. We have to look at what's going on in the rest of our lives. So there's that to consider as well. Yeah. I love that you say that because you know, I have this philosophy of mind, body, home. I believe it's like that sacred trinity that supports our spirit. So you typically you see it mind, body, spirit, but I really feel um, like it's the sum of those three that <clears throat> contribute to our overall well-being, which I believe is the spirit. And so I find not only for myself, but even with clients, that maybe one of those is out of balance a little bit, right? right. For me, and I'd say for me right now, it's the body piece. Like Mm. I was just telling a friend, I feel really great mentally. My home feels in order, um, but it's like my body needs to catch up a little bit. Right. 
Well, it's like you said, I mean, I love that mind, body and home. It's such that your home is just you spend so much time there. And it's also like our private space. Like that's where we can just sort of like be ourselves and we don't have to we're not out in public and like putting on this persona. And if there's something that isn't going right in your home, I mean, that just affects so much in our lives. But I like that trilogy that you have with the with the body and the mind as well. I know that finding balance is also a key to your coaching style and specifically around nutrition and self-care. One of the reasons I started this podcast was kind of selfishly, I wanted to learn from others, like how, you know, how are people balancing at home? How, yeah. how do they, you know, manage the household, the kids, the job, the, the business, all those things. Um, so what can you share? What has been really helpful for you in your own life or in your coaching business? Well, I mean, I always start out with my clients doing an activity called the Circle of Life. And it's it's a really simple activity, but it's very telling. And within integrative nutrition, there's 12 key lifestyle factors that need to be in balance in order for us to really feel holistically healthy. And often people think of nutrition as being food. And like I said before, it's not food alone that makes us healthy. You know, we can eat salad till the cows come home, that doesn't mean that we're healthy if other areas of our lives are out of balance. So similar to your trilogy thing, right? If something's out of balance, we just we just feel off. And so some of the 12 areas that are part of um, the circle of life, home environment is huge. Um, our physical activity, our education, our career, spirituality, you know, these are, these all have to be within balance in order for us to make better food choices. So you can imagine if your home environment, as an example, that's what we're talking about. If something isn't right, if the lighting isn't right, if you just don't feel like you're in a clean space, if it's cluttered, then that's going to cause some anxiety or some unease in your life. And that unease or stress can lead to poor food choices. So there's sort of a, there's a connection. You can apply the same thing with relationships or with your career. If they're out of balance, then that's going to lead to, to stress. And then you could be eating foods that you don't want to eat or it's throwing your sleep off, which then affects your mood and, you know, and also your cravings because now you haven't slept well. So now you need some energy boosters in the morning and then maybe you need to wind down in the evening, maybe with alcohol or, you know, things like that. So it is really a holistic approach of looking at all these different areas. Um, and I can definitely think of examples from clients where their home environment hasn't been working for them. And it causes a lot of stress. So I, one of my very first clients, she drank a ton of soda. She was always drinking Coke Zero. And she knew that it was bad for her. She knew she wanted to stop drinking it, but she didn't really know where to start. And so we sat down, we started doing the circle of life. And it turned out that actually she was going through, um, it was after COVID and her home environment really wasn't working for her. She had two little girls. They were doing tons of art projects. Her entire dining room table was taken over. We can all understand this as parents, right? <laughs> taken over by art projects. So they couldn't even eat as a family at their dining room table. She also worked from home. So her home office, she had a bed in her home office, and that was basically her file cabinet. So stuff was kind of all over the place. She didn't really have a good recycling system. So, you know, she'd get all the mail. She'd have all these packages and boxes and things, and it would always end up in the house and it, just causing more clutter. Um, and she had closets that were just busting with clothes and jackets and things that her kids had outgrown. And so we actually put a, get together a plan for her to clean up her home and make her home environment a better, more conducive place. 
And it took about six weeks. She installed shelving. She put a recycling system in. She cleared off her dining room table. She organized the mail. She went to the recycling center, donation center, dropped up all this stuff. And then she was like, okay, now let's talk about the Coke Zero. So Mm -hmm. you can see how your home environment and just a stressor. For her, it happened to be her home environment. But that was a stressor in her life that was causing her anxiety. And then she wasn't really able to focus on other areas of her life. For example, the food that she was eating or that, you know, the soda that she wanted to get off of. So it really, it does play a huge role in our lives. And we have to figure out how we can balance it. We don't always realize it when we're, we're living it. So having That's that so outside true. perspective, you know, is really helpful. For sure. When you said she knew she didn't want to be drinking it, she knew it wasn't good for her. I can, I think a lot of people can relate to that. I think we do a lot of things we know aren't good for us. Why? Why? What is like the block from like, sometimes I say there are times in my life, depending on, you know, what area of life I'm even talking about. I feel like I sit on the spectrum of awareness to action, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, I have this awareness that this isn't really a positive thing in my life. But it's like we have to sit in this weird middle section of life before we actually take the action. What? Why is that? Like, do you have a theory about that? Because I would. I, I think mean, that's the key to like taking yeah. action. <laughs> I mean, food is food is pleasurable, and it should be. I mean, I'm not a proponent of any particular diet. I don't encourage my clients to, you know, go vegan or go keto or whatever. It's really what works for them. But food is meant to be pleasurable. And I actually am self-identified foodie. I absolutely love, I love good restaurants. I love to cook. I like really good quality foods. Um, And my philosophy is that if if 80 or 90% of the foods that you're eating are good, and I'm talking clean ingredients, you're not having processed foods, not having soda, not having tons of sugar, um, well-balanced meals, lots of fruits and vegetables, good quality proteins, nuts and seeds, which give you good quality fats. If 80 to 90% of your meals are in those that category, then, you know, the next 10 to 20%, if you have, you know, the occasional cake, if you have the glass of wine, if you have the ice cream, it's fine, right? It's sort of like we can't just look at anything in isolation, like, oh, I ate a candy bar, like I'm bad. Like we're so used to all of this negative self-talk about food and we shouldn't criminalize it. I mean, I enjoy sweets every once in a while, but again, I'm in the sort of 90% category. I, 90% of what I eat is very clean. So when I have something else, I don't think of it as, you know, oh, it's a treat. I don't even call it that. It's like, no, I feel like having a brownie. So I'm going to have a brownie and that's perfectly fine. But I work really, really hard and I teach my clients in a way that we get them to that point where like most of the things that they're eating are pretty good. You know, really clean ingredients, like I said, lots of colorful vegetables, lots of vitamins, good quality protein, good quality food, Um, you know, no fast food, processed foods and things like that. Then you're just enjoying food, just living your life and enjoying food. And we don't label these foods as good foods or bad foods, because I think that just starts messing with us. And then, you know, if you ate a bad food, does that mean that you're bad? Like, no, I I don't want to get into that. But that's that's just not a way I want to live my life. I'm eating a brownie and it tastes good. And I don't classify that as a bad food. It's just like, that's what I'm going to eat. And I've worked hard in the other foods that I'm eating. So that's totally acceptable for me to have that you know, ice cream or the glass of wine. I can appreciate that. I have definitely taken that approach too. 
And what another thing I've done is really just portion control. I think that we get into such a habit of eating the same portion of things all the time. Like recently, an example, I take these cues from my daughter. I always said she eats like a bird. She just like nip, 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 and she's done. And she was like that even when I breastfed her. She was very different from my son. My first boy, he would sit there all day if I let him. Uh-huh. Uh, my daughter, she was like 30 seconds and then she was off. And I was like, okay, what do I do with all this milk? <laughs> totally different. Yeah, it was a totally different experience. Um, but I take these cues from her and watch her eat. And she's very diligent about, no, I've had enough. Like she knows I'm done. Um, the recent example I was going to say eggs i would always make myself two eggs piece of toast maybe a little side of fruit and i thought do i really need two eggs so i tried it and i knocked it down to one egg and i was fine like i was totally satisfied and i was like "Hmm, where else could i do this like where else am i overeating i think you hear that as a culture in you know at least the u.s that we tend to overeat but even when we go out to a restaurant like my husband Mm. and i will we've started splitting entrees because it's just so much food so much food I know people kind of confuse the the quantity versus the quality. Um, and it's so easy to do that in restaurants. I mean, that's a that's a great habit that if you order a plate, you basically cut it straight in half and just say, you know, bring me a box. You can box it up right then and there. Mm. So you only are left with half, um, which is often enough food for us. I mean, we, you know, we do tend to, you know, eat with our eyes and we over order and we start with an appetizer and, you know. And the portions are just enormous. If you travel other places in the world, the portions are just as big as they are in the United States, typically. But we do that at home as well. Um, and for people who do have that issue where they feel like they're overeating, I often talk about a concept that's called crowding out. And so if you fill your plate with fiber-rich foods, so think of all the vegetables, tons of fiber in there, um, that really keeps you full. And so if you're eating like a nice big salad, um, with a good quality dressing, not dousing it in one of these like high fat, you know, poor ingredient dressings. Having all of that that fiber from the vegetables in the salad is going to help you feel full. And then there's a bit of a pause. And then by the time you get your entree, you just literally don't have room to eat as much as you would have. And so eating slowly, crowding out by having fruits and vegetables, because fruits also have a lot of fiber in them as well. That can make the portions of your main course a little bit smaller just because you've already eaten and you're starting to feel full from protein keeps us full and fiber keeps us full. So it's kind of identifying what foods you're eating. Um, and, uh, you know, the, like having straight carbs, you know, sort of the, the pastas and the breads and things like that, that doesn't really fill us. It doesn't keep us full. Um, and so we tend to overeat those foods more, more so than like a salad. Like how many times have you said, oh, I just ate way too much salad today. I mean, said nobody ever. Right. (laughs) I really overdid it with broccoli. Like, no, nobody has ever said. (laughs) Right. Oh, the bread. Just this morning I threw away. We tend to buy more bread than we need. It's like, we have the bagels, we have the sandwich loaf, we have a particular bun that they like with their deli sandwich it's like why do we need all this bread yeah well the typical american diet is definitely very uh refined carb centric 
there are good carbs. I mean, everything is, you know, can be good for us, um, but it's just in, in, you know, what kind of quantities. And so having all of these refined carbs, which are there's the processed white bleached flours, like you're talking about the bagels, the pastas, your typical sandwich bread, there's really almost no nutrition in there. So it's much better to look for whole grain ingredients if you're going to be having those things. So there's lots of breads on the market that have tons of nuts and seeds. Um, I have no affiliation with them, but I love like Dave's Killer Bread. If you've heard of that brand, that's got lots of nuts and seeds. Can be Some of them can be a little bit high in the sugar side. So you just have to watch that. Uh, or there are crackers out there like, um, what's it called? Mary's Gone Crackers. They're literally just seeds and they're, they're kind of baked into like a little cracker and you're getting all the benefits of the nuts and the seeds. I, I don't think they're nuts, actually. It's just seeds. Um, those are good quality fats, good omega-3 fatty acids. And you're, you kind of have that crunch if you want like a cracker, like that's usually what I end up going for rather than like refined processed white flour, like you find in like cereals and bagels and, and, you know, typical bread. So there's things that we can do to kind of alter that, but we tend as Americans to have a very carb centric diet. And again, it goes back to having lots of fruits and vegetables, good quality protein, good quality fats um, from things like, you know, avocado, nuts and seeds good quality oils, avocado oil, olive oil, avoiding some of the processed seed oils. That's also really important because they're highly inflammatory and that just does a whole number on our inside of our bodies. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you're a mother. So how do you get the kids to engage in better eating? Like my kids, instead of coming home and grabbing, you know, maybe a yogurt or fruit, they want to go for the chips and the fruit snacks and all the highly processed stuff, which I try to limit even having in the house. And I'd say... We do a pretty good job, but, yeah. you know, I, being a parent, I always want them to do better. So, like, how do you engage them? Well, I will say, well, one, I want to hear from you. How do you engage the kids more? But I will say my son has just started showing an interest in cooking, and I think that's helping. Like, he made his yep. own salad, and now he loves salads. So that's wow. one thing I, that's yeah. one takeaway I have from that. But I'm curious yes. what you have to say. I'm definitely going to piggyback on what you said, just <laughs> involving them in cooking. When they start chopping the food, you know, I, I kind of joke, like, give them the onion to chop. <laughs> that might turn them off. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but getting them, bring them in the kitchen. Like, you know, why should I be the only one that's cooking here? You know, they can they can cut up vegetables. They can learn how to use a knife carefully at a certain age. You know, you determine, every parent has to determine, you know, what the appropriate age is. But um you know, they can open up the can of beans and drain that. They can boil the water, right? Learn how to do all those basic things. Um, but involving them in the kitchen, it's like it's like the same for like painting. You know, if you gave them a painting and said it wasn't this great, they'd kind of go like, yeah, whatever. But if they painted it, oh, my God, it's a masterpiece, right? So it's the same with cooking. Involve them. Let them make that first tomato sauce. And, you know, I started out with really easy things like scrambled eggs with my kids, you know, I showed them how to beat the egg, you know, yes, they made a mess, of course, like, they're not going to have a pristine kitchen at the end of this process. I have two boys. So mm. yes, we had a lot of messes, we had a lot of food on the floor. We, you know, <laughs> But you know what, that's the sacrifice, because now they both actually do cook for themselves, especially my I mean, they're a little bit older, they're 17 and 19. Um, but especially my older one has taken a really, really strong interest in food. And he cooks all of his meals. He's in college. He even uses like the pots and pans. He brought himself the pot and pan set. He uses it in his dorm. Um, they have a shared kitchen in their dorm. Um, he goes and buys his food when he's sick of the cafeteria food. But yeah, involving them. And, you know, there's also some great movies out there. So, you know, kids usually 
like, you know, TV and, and you know, anything on their phone is kind of a, an easy sell. But you could have a family movie night. Hey, let, I heard this, you know, doc, don't call it a documentary because that might turn them off. But there's a movie on Netflix that we can all sit and watch. And I mean, there's some that are really eye opening, like Super Size Me is all about McDonald's and how a guy mm. for 30 days ate McDonald's breakfast, lunch and dinner. And then he was meeting with doctors and it, um, he was measuring all this stuff with, with his health. And I mean, it, like it was bad. He gained like 30 pounds in you know, a few weeks. Yeah, it's, it's a really good movie. Super Size Me. Um, there's Sea Spiracy. That's all about the the oceans, the fish we eat. Um, there's Cowspiracy. That's about meat production. I mean, there's so many and they're on Netflix. Most people have access to that. Um, they can just learn about the foods and they can have a discussion. It doesn't mean that you're never going to eat seafood or have meat, but just like, hey, this is a discussion. Like, wow, this is where our food is coming from. This is how it's grown. This is what's happening to the land. Um, you know, here's another concept like, oh, here's vegetarian ideas. Oh, here's keto ideas, you know, and you come up with your own opinion. It doesn't mean just because it's in the movie, it's right. But it opens up a discussion about food and bring them to the supermarket, right? Have them pick out the stuff. I mean, they might not want to do it all the time, but, you know, it's also part of life. How are they going to know what's on sale and how are they pricing things? And, um, you know, they can calculate percentages. If you have kids who are new to learning those math skills, that's a great place to do math with them. Those are all so, great tips. Yeah. I don't yeah. mind using the word documentary. My son actually likes <laughs> documentaries. Like, it's there you funny. Go. Then you Yeah. <laughs> He, um, I sat down and watched The Social Dilemma with him, which oh, yeah. I didn't realize like it was probably a little inappropriate for his age at certain points. But, um, you know, we watched a little bit of it and he like immediately deleted YouTube off his phone. He was oh, like, wow. I don't need this. I mean, it's back on there, but I will say it planted more careful, seeds. though. Yeah, he's more careful. He's my, a little bit more mindful about his yeah. usage. I think it definitely yeah. planted a seed. So I love those tips for kids. Yeah, okay. there, I was just going to say there was a fun, I, I went to do a wellness talk at a third grade um, class a few months ago. And so I brought in a whole bunch of packaged foods, of course, things that they would have those little fruit chewy things, um, candy bars and Pringles, things like that. So I gave them the packages and I said, OK, we're going to play a game. We're going to have a contest. Who can read the ingredients the fastest? And so, you know, who's a really good reader? You know, so you get the ooh, ooh, ooh kids, right? So I gave the package to, to this one boy. I mean, the, it was literally like a chemistry textbook. It was like the index of a chemistry textbook on the back of this package. And he's reading, you know, disulfate, monoglycerin. Like, I mean, he could barely get these words out. And I'm like, yeah, what is that? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't either. What are you eating? You know, I think it was Gushers, actually. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, what are you actually putting in your body? And yeah. it's a kind of a concept for third graders. It was a bit out there, but, you know, food is medicine. Mm. What you put in your body is going to, you know, really affect how you perform. If you're an athlete, if you just want to get through the day, your concentration. So, I mean, these are concepts we can, you know, do age appropriately with our kids. But if they're at the point where they can start reading and they, they can flip those packages over, I always say the front of the box is the advertisement. The back of it is really what's in the foods. So look at those ingredient labels, read what's there. You should be able to pronounce everything in there. So if it's like a dried fruit thing, like maybe instead of Gushers, like there are other products out there that, you know, are just fruit. I mean, make sure it's fruit, not, you know, these chemical ingredients with yellow number, whatever, and blue number four, and, you know, all of that stuff that they're chemicals. And I don't know. I don't want to eat chemicals. I want to eat real food. 
<laughs> and I want that for my kids too. And the earlier they learn that, the better. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm always curious what drives someone into their profession. So what was your journey into this? Like why food, why nutrition, why coaching? Yeah. Well, I had started out my career in high-tech marketing years ago, and I worked in that field for a long time. And then I took a break to raise my kids. I actually lived abroad for many years and then came back to the States. And I just was kind of tired of going back into that field. I just wanted to do something else. And I was, I've always been interested in nutrition um, and healthy living. And I actually lived abroad a lot as a kid. We lived in um, Brazil, in Japan, and then London as an adult for 11 years. And um, my husband at the time was from South Africa. So we had a lot of experience going to South Africa. So I had a lot of experience of like being in different cultures, seeing how they live their lives. I mean, just in little glimpses, um, you know, from my experiences. And I noticed how different cuisine is in all of those different places, plus all the places that I traveled in. And I love different flavors, combining different flavors. So that was always the food element. I grew up in a very foodie household, too. My mother always loved to cook. Um, made lots of fresh, you know, foods for us. So that was kind of the food side of it. And the lifestyle part, you know, just living in all these different countries and seeing how people live their lives. And I feel like I kind of put all of that together. And then when I came back to the States um, in 2016, I kind of just had a new start. I was like, I just want to do something different. And I've always been interested in nutrition. So I re-educated and became an integrative nutrition health coach. And then I started my company which is True Wellness Within. And I've just, I've just loved it. I love helping people, making small changes, um, not doing anything super drastic, but just working with them at their speed to just make healthier habits and realize, you know, what's going on in the food industry. So there's a lot of education there and helping them with behavior change because that's really what all of this is about because as adults, we're set in our ways and it is really hard to change. And sometimes you just need that outside perspective, like we were talking about with that that early client. You know, she didn't realize that her home environment was kind of holding her back from all these other areas of her life of eating well. But sometimes just having that outside perspective of somebody saying, well, let's look at everything together. What's going on? Where's your career? What's your relationships? You know, I mean, I'm not a therapist, but we just touch on all of these different areas and then see what's stressing the person out. And then we start making a plan so that they can reduce that stress. And ultimately that really leads to better eating. And, you know, our food cravings do come from the stresses in our lives. You know, if you're stuck in a bad job and you have got, you, you're not getting along with your boss, you're in a bad relationship, you know, things like that, it, it causes stress and then that affects our food choices. So it was sort of putting all of this together and I found integrative nutrition and um, that's how I ended up here. Yeah. No, feng shui is very similar in the, the sense as we look at the life holistically and the different areas that um, are playing out for you. And same thing. I just recently had a client who really wanted to work on her career and being seen a little bit more um, as she was trying to evolve in her business and being seen more as an expert and not just what she's always been in the past. And so we were, you know, from her perspective, it was very much focused on that, on the career. What's not working in my career? Why am I not being seen? Why can't I hit that financial ceiling? Um, but really her home, looking at it from the whole, she really had this extension of, we call it the helpful people section. And that's where you can invite, you know, others, mentors, guides, whether they're on the physical plane or spiritual plane, like what's your spiritual practice, right? And, you know, she had a strong section of that in her living space. And so it was like, okay, so 
who in your life is not supporting you? Where are you not pulling resources from? And so same thing. It's just that outside perspective to kind of give you a different lens to look through to help guide what you're really going after. But there's always something else playing out that can be supportive. So, right. Yeah. I mean, it's the same approach to food, like what I was saying, that there's no bad food. We're so used to hearing it from the, quote, wellness industry that, you know, you can have this food. You can't have that food. We put all these foods on, you know, the blacklist. I mean, there are, I would say, as far as a clean diet, you know, yes, there are definitely foods you want to avoid. But looking at it from a different perspective, let's stop beating ourselves up because that causes so many problems with food, you know, like, oh, I'm going to have a cheat day. Well, you don't need a cheat day if you're basically always eating healthy. Like let's, right? I mean, the more healthy you eat, then that's like crowding out concept. Like, you know, you eat more and more healthy. You actually like those foods because your body's actually feeling better. You have lower inflammation. Your mood is better. Your clarity, you're thinking better. You're feeling better. You have more energy so that you can move your body, exercise, right? You're just, you feel better. So you want to meet people. So your social life, you know, starts improving, right? Mood and food are so connected. You know, the moods that we're in affects the food that we eat and the foods we eat can affect the moods that we have, right? So sort of putting all of this together in a very holistic approach and having somebody kind of guide you in that right direction. And you can really see transformation happening. Yeah. My husband views food as fuel. Now he's not like super fit, but he eats what he knows fuels his body. He doesn't really eat for taste and enjoyment. Now he does. He will also, you know, self-proclaim as a foodie. Like when we travel, he loves to go to cities specifically to to eat foods um, and try things that he sees on like Travel Channel, you know, like diners, dives and drives, you know, he's like, I want to go to this place, you know? So he's (laughs) a foodie in that sense, but in everyday living, I mean, he just, he'll slam a smoothie and that's it. And he'll eat dinner and that's it. And it works for him. And I think that's part of it too. I think that you've got to find something that works for you too. And I think having someone like yourself help identify what works for you is really beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell people, I'm like, it's not my job to tell you what to do. Like who wants that? You have to come up with those ideas yourself. That's actually why I named my company True Wellness Within, because it has to come from within. It's not my job to tell you what to do or tell anybody what to do or how to eat. It's got to work for you. So if, you know, and it's, and it's, it's not even just about food. It's about how you're living your life. You know, you want to come up with an exercise plan. Okay. Well, what's going to work for you? What do you like to do? You know, me telling you that you have to do Pilates. Well, well, you don't like Pilates. Okay, great. Well, I like kickboxing. Great. Do kickboxing. (laughs) You know, whatever it is, like you come up with a thing that excites you. And, you know, and it's the same with a meal plan. That's why I don't say, you know, you have to go vegan or you have to go keto or you have to do the Mediterranean. I mean, Mediterranean diet is a health. It's not really a diet. It's just sort of a way of eating. But, you know, there's so many diet plans. The wellness industry has really not done us any favors. They make us think that we have to buy this certain food or we have to buy this certain, you know, contraption to make the food or cook it or shake it or whatever. And, you know, it's just a money-making operation. We have to really just think about you know, take it back to basics. Eat real food. Right. right? I mean, you can like, sum it, it up in that, right? <laughs> be more simple than that, right? Again, it goes back to reading those ingredients. And I mean, if the third graders are like, what's polysorbate? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and therefore, yeah. you know, like I always say, like, depending on the person's age, what I'm talking to, your grandmother or your great grandmother should be able to recognize if they saw that food, 
they should be able to know what it is like and recognize it and be able to pronounce the ingredients. You know, did your great grandmother know what a pop tart was? I don't think so. <laughs> right. She what knew what a chicken great example. Was, yeah. And it was chicken. Right. She knows Brussels sprouts. That's <laughs> too funny. That's a great example, actually. You mentioned you traveled globally and lived in other parts of the country. So back to sort of this idea of finding more holistic balance in our lives. I'm curious, what's been your experience globally? And what have you taken from those maybe that you've integrated into your own life? Um, so one thing that I thought was really interesting when I was living in England, I was really into horticulture and gardening. And I was volunteering at like a botanic garden. And the person who was running this particular department, we were talking about sports in the United States. And he said, you know, I find it really interesting that as kids, Americans are, they're so into sports. I mean, the parents are driving all over the place and flying all over the place, going on these travel teams. And like the kids are really, really involved. And then once they become adults, they become spectators. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess so. That's really interesting. There are very few adult league sport teams in the United States. I mean, there are some. I'm not going to say that there aren't any, but you, you can understand where I'm coming from here. Like the kids are super, super, super active. And then they become adults and they're, they literally sit on a bench and eat hot dogs, you know, or whatever the, the, the game day food is, right, at the stadium. And so he, in, in England, they have tons of, they call them leisure centers, which is the closest thing. It might be like a YMCA type of, type of thing or YWCA that we might have in the United States. But there are tons of leagues that adults can join and all sorts of different sports, master swimming classes and, and basketball leagues and all sorts of things. And sport plays a much more critical role in the adult life in the UK. And I thought that was like a really interesting observation because it's kind of true. Like adults, you know, maybe you'd play tennis with some friends. Like there are certainly there are the active people, but the majority of, of American adults really don't move that much. Maybe they go to the gym, you know, but as you have, there's so much more to sports. Like there's the social aspect, right? There's that continuity because like, oh, we got a game every Monday or we have practice or whatever. There's like that consistency. And we, we don't really have that. So I thought that was interesting. And as far as food, I find this really interesting. In Japan and in France, there are no children's menus. You go to a restaurant, you eat, what's there? Like, it's not like here you got to, you know, it, basically almost any restaurant and there's a designated children's menu and what's on the children's menu a bunch of crap pretty much chicken nuggets bowl of pasta with butter i don't know a hamburger grilled cheese i mean really low nutrition food fried again those refined carbs so what are we teaching our kids as americans from a really young age that first of all there has to be special food for them why i don't know like, why can't we introduce our kids to grilled chicken and, and a little side of vegetables? I mean, you know, so I understand, you know, kids don't want to sit down to a plate of vegetables, like very rare, like your son, to sit down and have a salad. Okay, that's not, most, most kids don't do that. But there are ways that we can introduce fruits and vegetables, you know, to our kids. But they can sit and they can have a grilled chicken or a piece of fish. It doesn't have to be deep fried. It doesn't have to be shaped into a dinosaur, but it can be palatable for our children. And we're so we're doing them a very big disservice because now we fed them all of this pizza, chicken nuggets, hamburgers, grilled cheese, mac and cheese. And then we expect them to somehow know how to eat healthy when they like 
boom, now you're an adult, eat healthy. Well, I've had no training in that. I don't know how to do that. I don't like those foods. I've never tasted broccoli or peas or or eggplants or something like that. So we really have to think about that. Like they don't do that in the other countries. And you look at typical, you know, I mean, this is all on averages, but like, you know, French children and Japanese children, like they eat a much healthier diet than American children do. So again, think about that. It goes into like another one of the, the things that we can do with our kids, introduce them to real food and eat real food. Yeah. Right. Start it from a young age. I mean, I'm also a big fan. If I if I do cook at home, if I'm making like a, a bolognese, I put tons of vegetables in there. I don't care if it's not a traditional bolognese. It's my bolognese. So, you know, I might maybe I put beans in there or make a big stew, you know, like you can hide foods. You can hide, you know, add extra tomatoes. I make tacos, let's say nothing wrong with tacos in the big meat sauce. I shred carrots, a great extra onion. I put lots of garlic in there. Um, maybe I put in some beans and I smush it with the back of the spoon so that it just blends into the sauce. It makes it a thicker sauce. I don't use those packet spices. I add my own seasoning. You can add corn in there. You can, you can put bits of zucchini. You chop anything up small enough, you could barely see it. Put a little bit of mushroom in there and the kids eventually, they just, they, that's what's on offer. Like, no, I'm not going to make you the dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets. This is what's for dinner. I'm and if you have an issue with it, then, you know, then maybe they can help make the dinner the next time and they yeah. can make something that they like that, you know, hopefully is not chicken nuggets. <laughs> I'm like sort of giggling over here as you're saying, hiding the food, because like my daughter that she finds every speck, every uh -huh. speck. Like if I just, you know, topped her pasta with a little bit of parsley, you uh -huh. know, finely grated par or finely chopped parsley. She's like, yeah. what is this? Is this spinach? You know, <laughs> what is it like? She called me out on it. So there, there are. Well, some that's an obvious one because it's green and red. Like that's really obvious. But I, I'll make, I make sweet potato brownies and my yeah. kids love them. I've brought them to people who are the biggest skeptics ever. And they're like, these are really good. What's in them? And I'm like, do you want me to tell you or do you want to just keep eating it? And then I, mean, I do tell them and they're like, no way. There's sweet potato in here. You can make spinach brownies. I have recipes on my website. People can get recipes out. But, you know, you can do lots of creative things and, you know, maybe it's not the parsley on top of the sauce. That's obvious, but maybe there's, you know, just extra tomato in there. Right. Or or red pepper, red pepper and tomato. They're going to look the same. But now you've given her another vegetable in there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're all great tips. And I certainly don't mean to make this like a episode about how to teach <laughs> kids to eat. But at the same time, like you were saying, these stressors. I mean, sometimes for families, having to feed the kids who are very picky, it does yeah. create a stress. And some days you just want to give up. You're like, whatever, like, go ahead, eat the nuggets. And then you end up, you know, eating the last two nuggets on the stove. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. So it is. Right. It's, it's definitely something it's a that people face. It's, yeah. I mean, I, I can't say raising my kids. It wasn't perfect in my house yeah. either, you know, for sure. Um, but there's lots of things that we can do and just make our home environment, you know, a healthier, happier place and just avoiding those arguments and fights and stressors, which, you know, then cause us to, you know, go in a whole other direction. So Right. Right. So before we wrap up, I want to give you an opportunity to just talk a little bit about how people can find you. But I guess for those listening, what would what would intrigue someone to reach out? And do you find a lot of your clients start with the nutrition and the food? Like in your first example, you said it started with soda. Mm -hmm. 
but we found so much more. Do you see people reaching out for other things? Yeah. I mean, sometimes people have come to me because they've gotten a diagnosis from their doctor and they know that they need to make some dietary changes. Most of the people I work with just want to make healthier food choices, but people can reach to reach out to me. They can come to my website, truewellnesswithin.com. And if they're interested in recipes, I have a page on my site that's truewellnesswithin.com slash easy recipes. And there's a little booklet of really simple make ahead recipes, lots of uh, vegetables, varieties, the sweet potato brownies, those are in there. And I help mostly women with food issues. We do look at all sorts of lifestyle factors, as I mentioned, and making sure that things are in balance. So we approach it from, you know, a holistic point of view and just get them to a healthier place and a happier place so that they're just, you know, living their best life. Love it. Susie, it was so great to connect with you and thank you for all your expertise. And great. yeah, thank you. Great. Thank you so much. This conversation has me inspired to connect back to my body in a much healthier way. I want to get back to clean eating, working out regularly, and so forth. I mentioned in last week's episode that my family and I are getting ready to move cross-country in a few weeks, and so I'm making health a top priority once we get settled in. The timing is really perfect, too. To me, fall feels like the beginning of the new year, in a sense. New Year's resolutions never really resonated with me, to be quite honest. I enjoy basking in the holiday season a bit past the new year. And I enjoy being in the water phase of winter. Water is one of my dominant elements next to wood. And speaking of the elements, the autumn season is connected to the metal element. And we just had autumn equinox this past Saturday, September 23rd, depending on when you're listening. And so we can harness that energy to support us. Like scissors, we can cut out what's no longer working and get more organized. For me, that's getting back into my health routine, cutting out the sugars and the sweets and the drinks. And so what could that be for you? What are you ready to let go of? The metal element and the fall season offers great support here. If you need a bit more help getting your life in balance, check out Susie's website, truewellnesswithin.com. There's a lot she can help you with, whether it's healthier eating, weight loss, better sleeping, balancing your hormones, reducing overall stress, or maybe just experiencing more joy. Of course, I too offer services to help you bring more balance and harmony into your life. If you'd like to approach it from the lens of home, be sure to also check out my website, jadescottdesign.com, for more information on feng shui services. I also have a free resource on ways to instantly uplift your home's energy, fall being a great time to do some zhuzhing around the home. You can get that guide at the link in the show notes, as well as links to both mine and Susie's websites, including her free recipes. Those sweet potato brownies sound perfect for fall. As always, your shares, reviews, and subscribes make a huge impact on the growth of my podcast, so please be sure to do one or all of those if you're getting any value from this content. Until next time, much love and gratitude.